like kind of a 3D chess move by uh, Lalone there. Not to play Larkin in Carolina. Good for the lottery odds. Hmm? Yeah. Some some may say. Some may say. People are talking. The Bedard, I guess that Bedard guy is okay. I've never heard of him. Bum loses in the first round. Yeah, who does that? <laughs> oh, Welcome into another episode of the Production Line Podcast. I'm your host, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And we're holding on Andy for uh, purposes of better getting better draft lottery odds. So excuse our production today if we're a little a little sloppy. We're it's intentional. Yeah. We're tanking. <laughs> we're tanking. We're tanking for yeah. We're we're hoping for a better host. We're looking to replace Grant, actually. Yeah. I'm hoping for that'd, like Jeff Merrick. That'd be pleasant. High high odds. Get Merrick. Be nice. Um, yeah, on this episode, we missed a we missed a week, so there's plenty to talk about. Uh we never got to talk about Marco Casper's debut. So probably start with that. Um we also have a bunch of a couple of big wins, a lot of big losses. So mix of everything. This is that fun. This time of year is uh it's impossible to judge like where teams are. In terms of gambling, I'm like, I don't want to touch any of these games. Yeah. For example, Pittsburgh versus Chicago, which we'll talk about later at the end of this episode, because uh, good grief. Good grief. Um, I think we start with that really fun 5-2 win over Toronto. Marco Casper's debut. Um, I do. I did love the fact that they started him right away with Andrew Kopp and Lucas Raymond. Like I think yeah. in terms of stylistic fits, like that's a chef's kiss. Perfect. On this current iteration of the team. But uh, what were your initial initial thoughts of Marco Casper? I mean, I you know 14 minutes and 50-some seconds is a very small window, but what'd you think? I thought his first period was definitely his best. I know he heavily struggled on face-offs in that uh, first clip in the first period. The thing I like the most about him is he's always moving his feet. I mean, those are certain things like I've commented on like Larkin in the past, like he's always busting it. Same with even Valeno, but Valeno's kind of found a stinginess at certain points. Casper, every time I've actually watched him, he's just busting it. Um, And he's, he's gritty for his size and... Like, I mean, he's kind of, like, up and down a little bit of a twig because he's so, like, young and small. But he's, he's not, like... He's not filled out yet. He'll be the first one to, like, go muck things up in front of the net, like, for a rebound. He's just... He's gritty. He goes to the gritty areas. And I, I love that. Like, any team needs a player like that. And there's so much more to him, obviously. Like, you're seeing that in his first NHL game. Uh, as an 18-year-old. Like, dude is just going to the dirty areas. Um, for, th- for the most part, I thought his game was really positive. Obviously, you see hesitations as an 18-year-old and his first NHL game. Um, I kind of felt as if when he got switched to wing, it's tough as, like, an 18-year-old to get switched to wing, in my opinion, like when you're used to like swinging in the D zone and like being more in the open space, 
And then all of a sudden you have to catch a pass on the boards with um freaking let me think here. Jake McCabe coming down to crunch you. I'm thinking a lot of more big, pressure. I, I was trying to think of like a bigger defensive on Toronto, but Jake McCabe a, was Jake, first. McCabe's, Jake McCabe's a big boy. I know. I I was thinking Ilya Labushkin. <laughs> oh, the boosh. But yes, like you have Jake McCabe coming down on you, let's say. Like, you know how much more difficult that is, and you're not used to like catching passes on the boards to begin with. Yeah. Like that's such like an adjustment. Everyone says, like, oh, a center can just switch to wing. It's not that easy. It's it does, not that easy. It, it does it's, take an adjustment. It takes an adjustment. You have to be like really smart to play center. But also, like, you have to be like comfortable to take a pass on the wing. Like, there was a couple times he hesitated because he was about like he, there was so much pressure on him right away on, right. on the boards. And I understand the point of view, like of switching him from center to wing based on his face-off percentage. But also there's a little bit of idea in me, like you could have just had cop take the face-offs or just throw him to the wolves. Like let him figure it out. He's going to figure they, it out eventually. They kind of do that with Joe Valeno anyway. Like have you seen his face-off percentage? Yeah, it's not good. It's not great. <laughs> not um, great. It's like um, I saw the thing uh, with Noah Cates. His face-off percentage this year is like 37%, but his defensive metrics are insane. He's been really good this year. So, I mean, it's kind of like how important are face-offs in theory, I guess. True. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we can make that argument. I can make that argument all day, but, you know, whatever. Luke Clayton uh, gets employed strictly for that reason, but it's fine. I. That's the thing. It depends where the face-off's being taken. Yeah, in certain situations, I suppose. I feel like neutral zone face-offs, like, your face-offs. Do not, not matter. You do not have to be batting 100% on neutral zone face-offs. D-zone face-offs are absolutely important because have you seen the amount of times the Red Wings get scored on off of a face-off in the D-zone? I, I will phrase it to you on this. Is it the fact that we're just bad luck when we just lost a face-off, or is it that the Red Wings, def- the, off, off the face-off, they're too slow to get to their spots? Maybe a little bit of both, but... In general, not good when the Red Wings lose a faceoff in the D zone, and like vice versa. <laughs> what was the one game? Was it San Jose when when Detroit was in San Jose? I felt like they got scored on three times off the faceoff. There was one game this year. It was at least twice. I think it was San Jose because I think Eric Carlson like bounced it off of Mata. I think in front or something yeah, like that. And there's another one too. It was a coacher? I think it was or something like that. And then vice versa, like. The Red Wings have scored a couple goals like right off the faceoff this year. I know like a couple times on the power play. I think there's been Holy twice. Mata. Olimata scored one, and then I think twice in the power play this year. I can't remember Prawn, who. Yeah, the Prawn, which we'll talk about that one. But, um, but in general, I I, I see why he made the switch. Um, but also like it's his first game. No, I, I'm with you. I, I I'm with you. Yeah, we do want Bedard a little bit. Um, but no, I, I think it's so beneficial. Again, we were kind of like. I know when you and I were kind of talking about, you're like, really, you think he's gonna hop right in the NHL? I'm like, yeah, why not? Like. See where he's at. I didn't think so. I like a hundred percent. My my head went to that he should play finish the season out in Grand Rapids. I felt like that'd be really good for him. Um, I'm not. I wasn't saying that like he wouldn't be ready. It was more so like I don't think they should force him into a spot right now. Mm. But but I liked what I saw. Yeah, I think you saw what you needed to see in terms exactly. of like, especially if he's not gonna be hurt the rest of the season like i mean you saw like enough that you know 
what's there and how good his compete is. That's the biggest thing about Marco is his compete is top notch. I mean, he probably has the best compete out of that whole draft class, if not yeah. damn near the top. Yeah, he is. That's like the biggest thing is more so like his in your faceness and like that one, obviously the, the very famous now picture for Red Wings fans this year of all four of Steve Eisenman's like first first round picks of because obviously Kosa was the second first round pick of the 2021 draft. But all four of them in the four years Steve Eisenman has drafted all in the same scrum. And then there's Andrew Kopp still just he's, he's just there. But uh, yeah, that that play, especially I mean, it started all by Marco Casper. Yeah. In your face. Telling uh, fellow Rogla alumni. Buzz off, man. You know? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Tough go. But uh, yeah, definitely. I very positive. And it's so unfortunate. Like fractures his kneecap. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that brutal. sucks. Because he would have been able, to, it would have been less than nine games. You wouldn't even have to think about the conversation of burning the LC, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, you don't even have to think about that, and he would have gotten plenty of ice time. I mean, especially last game, for example, with Larkin out, probably would have got to play a ton of minutes. Could have got some power play time, get some more touches, play with guys like Raymond. Um, you're playing with maybe like a Perron as well, a guy who can protect puck really well. I think Andrew Kopp as well, like having that guy on a wing or a Pew Suter even as a support, you know, to have a guy who could take face-offs if, if that's like the way you want to run it. Or like like you said, kind of just throw him to the Wolves. The season's kind of, again, it was meaningless. It's meaningless. Have him get used to it. So no, i super happy that he got to play. And again, bummer that he doesn't get to play, get to play in the World Championships because I know it's something he really wanted to do. I think that's what I feel the worst about. Like, I don't care. Like, you got to play one game, and if he would have, that would have been it, I would have been happy. But, of course, now he doesn't yeah. get to play in the World Championships, which is, you know, it's prideful for a lot of those guys who are from smaller countries. Like, Latvians are crazy about the World Championships. Yeah. It's held in Riga again this year, too, which is, cra- I love that. It's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of a pretty cool atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, no, uh, other things from the, I mean, the in that same scrum, Edvinson going out with Bunting, that was pretty funny. But I love the Leafs fans and how Michael Bunting is all of a sudden a huge victim. Yeah, it's so cringy. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, not me. Who cares? And I love like again, like he acts like he's doing nothing. Of course, he's kicking the stick in between his legs. He knows exactly what he's doing. That's the point. He's a rat. He's yep. not. The, he's not the best rat because Brad Marchand can do it and get away with it. So I mean, I don't really feel. I don't really feel for him. I don't. But yeah, Simon Edmonds said, "I I love how in your face he's been, like, or he was throughout his nine games stint." Yeah, me too. And um, I guess we could just talk about it right now in the sense of Simon Edmondson, um finishes his nine games. They didn't want to burn his EL, uh, his ELC, so the last two games didn't. He's not going to play. Um, or we'll kind of just do the same thing, like overview of his nine games, obviously a larger sample size, got to play more of late playing on a pair with Ben Sherrod. Um, what were your thoughts? Pretty positive. Um, quite frankly, I was pretty, pretty impressed and with how consistent he was. Um, I mean, throughout the preseason, we kind of noticed 
how in how many inconsistencies there were in his game. Um, you'd see some really really good things, so not good so good things, but like, like you could tell like how raw he is. Um, and I, that kind of came to fruition. Uh, he what like there was probably two games in that nine game sample size where I thought he was arguably the best defenseman on the ice for the Red Wings. Yeah, wasn't it? Um, which game was it that Lalonde said that he felt that Edmondson was the best defenseman? I think it was his, his second or third game. I can't, I can't remember. remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. I remember they lost, but he played the most, I believe, or one of the, some of the most. He led the team in ice time in one of the games, I believe. Yeah. But no, I again, I'm with. I thought his compete was good. Um, again, his his defensive stick is top notch. Yeah. That gives him such an advantage over other defensemen. And his mobility to be able to turn around and make something of that, which is something we've been talking about since last year in his season with Forlunda. Um, but no, I thought he showed that he's ready to play top four minutes next year. Or at least start. I would say given a chance to play top yes. four minutes at the start of the season and see where it goes from there. I mean his his ability to like break up a pass, like you said. And then spring, like an odd man rush the other way is is not something like you can just find out of the thin air. There's not many players in the NHL that have that quality to like make a top notch breakup and then spring a beautiful pass. That I've that happened a couple times, maybe half a dozen times during his nine game stint. Like where yeah. he breaks up a play and then creates an odd man rush the other way. He's yeah. just really good at that. And then knowing when to step up, that was probably the biggest thing I noticed that he struggles with is picking his spots, picking his spots like on pinches and stuff. And then half the time when he makes a bad pinch, his long stick recovers for him. There's a couple of plays where he was, if anyone he, else was, if it was like, let's say like Jordan Osterley or something, it's going the other burned. way. Yeah. But like Edmondson's able to, I think one play he actually dove. Yeah. And swung his stick and actually broke up the pass. I, I know there the was the for play. sure one really, really bad pinch he made that Dinko noticed. It kind of went unnoticed because of his ability to recover. Which I think that's. It's a it's a good quality to have in a defenseman. First, like not like so much again, he'll get better at picking his spots, but being able to make up when you when you have a make a mistake, able to make up for it. Yeah, it's it's size, reach, and skating ability. His skating yeah. ability is unbelievable for how big he is. Yeah. No, definitely. I yeah, I think there's so much more offensive potential too. I think we saw it a little bit in the Montreal game. He got a little again, we'll talk about the Montreal game a little bit in the sense of where they're at, but he started to get a little more confident. He started to do a couple of things. I know he had a couple of like he went through two guys and um, and tried to make a shot around, and I think ended up getting blocked. But he was trying things. Another has, the big thing in the ozone is being able to walk the blue line. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you see Jake Wallman walk the blue line. I'm not expecting anyone to walk the blue line like Jake Wallman. Yeah, Kale McCarr um, is basically the only person that's better, and Eric Carlson. Yeah, Eric Carlson. Uh. There's players I'm not thinking about, like Adam Fox, but uh, okay. Jake Jake Wallman 
there's there's definitely more. I'm he's top ten. Sure. He's top ten in the NHL. And po- possibly, I'd, I'd really have to sit down and think about it. Like, no, nope, I'm saying it. it I'm saying it into a, a lot micro- of names that are coming to my head right now. And... I'm saying it into a microphone. It's true. Okay, it's true. Yep. Apparently, yep. allegedly. Uh, anywho, per David. Per David. Uh, anywho, like gaining the ability for Edvinson to do that better. I mean, we don't really see him walk the blue line. I don't know. I can count probably at least on one hand how many times he will walk the blue. Yeah, my two things for him next year are walking the blue line better and also his shot. Yeah. I'd like him to work on his slap shot because, again, it's not really used. If he ever wants to be a power play guy, that's something he needs to improve on. Yeah. Is his point shot. Because I think he can be in the next level. Because, again, you got Sider, who's got a quarterback with the first power play unit for the foreseeable future. And then if you, you, the second unit is kind of up for debate. I mean, Wallman's done okay with it. I don't love his fit there, which I thought like right away, I thought I was going to really like it, but I think that spots up for grabs. I don't really like it to be honest with you. Wal Wallman's an odd one because he seems like he'd be so good on the power play. Yes. Um, But he, it just hasn't really panned out like that. And he's great at every other aspect. So, I mean, I can't complain. Yeah, fine. He can kill penalties all day. Ooh, yeah. No. Whatever. <laughs> and same thing with Edvinson. Oh, no. If he can't quarterback the power play, oh, no. William Wallander has to quarterback the second unit. Or, oh, no. Albert Johansson has to quarterback the second unit. Yeah, no. Exactly. And I'm not saying it that. Like, I'm not saying it like he has to do it. I'm saying he could. Yeah. And I think that's something I would like him to work on. Now, oh, no. Ben Stroud has to quarterback the second unit. That's what I'm saying. Oh, no. Yeah, that's not great. That that happened early the season wasn't good vibes were bad, yeah. not great. Nope, did not like that one bit. Um, but no, I I think it's over again. He scored again. He scored again. That crazy Buffalo game, another fluky goal. I liked that he scored. He 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 asserted himself as the best defenseman from the twenty twenty one draft by yeah. dunking on the first overall pick. That is true. Yes, but no. Um, yeah, five two win. I again. Th- I'm kind of like throwing at everything, every, everything everywhere all at once, you know, no pun intended. Um, but yeah, five, two win over Toronto. That was old age. I, Nidalkovic played out of his mind, which again, I know it's end of the season. So little asterisks there, but I'm happy for him. In the sense if he gets to prove himself for a job next year in the NHL, depending where that is. I don't know. It's all, it's good for him. And then that five, nothing Montreal win was uh Huso's first game back. Um, I like that. Is he scheduled out as Huso's first game back? Why? What is Why that do I like? To mean? What is that supposed to mean? Oh, really? Do you want to elaborate? No. <laughs> I liked this game simply for the fact that it shows again when the Red Wings, when the vibes around the Red Wings are bad. You can look at this team and be like, ah, this is 2020 Red Wings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. we've been there. We, you know, as fans, we've been there. like Montreal fans. Like they understand. Like. It's tough right now. It's just crazy that they went to the Stanley Cup final like a couple years ago. Yeah, it's true. That is true. And I, again, like they have so many good pieces too. Like they're in the right direction. Yeah. No, I don't no, like no Caulfield is no fun though. No, no he's, Caulfield's no he's fun. He's such a fun player. Oh, he's incredible. Nick Suzuki too. Great. I like Nick Suzuki a lot. Sorry, I meant Judd Caulfield. And yeah, noted, Ducks. noted, noted Ducks prospect now. Yeah. Um. He's my age, yeah. Or no, it's Brock. Never mind. Not Judd. Yeah, Brock would be. 
Brock's my age, I think. Judd is an 01, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. North so Dakota, I think. Is he cousin then to Coffee no. Cole? No relation. Interesting. I thought he was. No. All right. Um, uh, anywho, um, yeah, I liked again, it shows how far the Red Wings have come with pieces and even with selling off for Tuesday Heronic, like they're still that far ahead. And it kind of shows you as well what you'd have to do to get like to that point in, in like because again, I know people are like, let's tank, let's tank hard. It would take a lot, and Montreal's not even that bad. They're like fifth, or, they're fifth or sixth in this race. In theory, Montreal's actually not that bad of a team. Like, no, they have there, pieces. There were a couple injuries away from, like, possibly being right up there with Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo. If they win the lottery, it's gonna be a nightmare in the Atlantic next year. It's gonna suck. Like, if you think about it, like if they had Jake Allen healthy all season and a competent backup goalie Montebo was decent at a couple points this year yeah the a couple points this year <laughs> exactly <laughs> but if Caulfield's healthy Sean Monahan's healthy all season he started out booming Doc uh, Doc and their defensive core is healthy like their defensive core was pretty that was their weak point but again but like they had fun players right like Jordan Harris ended up being pretty good this year I like his yeah. game Caden Gooley good player they have good like, they have good prospects. They don't have that top guy. Honestly, a guy like for them would be um Reinbacher in the draft. He'd that be right side. Fun. He would be a good pick. I mean, they Montreal. have Lane, like Lane Hudson on the left side coming up. Yeah, like, you need a right if, guy. Even if Matheson was healthy all season. He's great. I like Matheson a lot. Matheson's really been good this year. Yeah. So I mean like, it, that team's not like something to like shake your head at. No, not at all. The whole like Atlantic division, f- like yeah, Raph- Raphael Harvey Harvey Pinard, all of a sudden's like really, really fun great. story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So again, I think it's not it's, not Tommy no, not Tommy no Novak fun, but pretty close. Fun. He's younger. I'll give him the edge in age. Yeah, but uh, no, it, obviously, like it's tough for Montreal fans at this point. But again, like and I, I they know that obvi- they know this obviously, like how much future they have. Oh yeah. How it's they've fabulous. drafted. Like, I really loved, like, Kent Hughes' job has been great since taking over for Montreal. I've loved most of their moves. So, yeah. definitely not a, not looking forward to being in the same conference or same division. That's for yeah. sure. Um, speaking of same division and teams, I, I'm not looking forward to. Um, <laughs> Buffalo. That was a fun game. It's kind yeah. of a, it's a uh, end of the season game where games don't matter and you can still have fun watching it. It's my ideal. Um, it's my ideal watch. You know, goaltending optional. Carson and I, obviously, our good friend Carson, texting throughout the whole thing. He was a nervous wreck because that point, Buffalo had not been eliminating yet. And riding the high, that is Devin Levi, who, uh, what a little stretch. Hey, he, I know he had a couple like rough games where he got shelled a little bit, but he's talented. Yeah, but Buffalo's like defensive, like scheme is just a mess, like. They give up yeah. so many goals. That's their, their biggest. Goalies are just left out to dry. Their biggest thing is improving their defensive system, I think. Other than that, I mean, up front, they got horses. They can score. I mean, they were one of the best offensive teams in the NHL this year. It was goaltending. Yeah. They couldn't keep the puck out of the net, and defense defensive <laughs> system was kind of a mess. But in terms of, like, if you look at, like, their, like, Corsi 4 percentages, like, control, controlled goals for expected, they were usually they were a better team most nights than they weren't. 
Yeah. And in this game too, they were I think they were the better team in some points in Detroit. And just stayed they stayed alive. They scored clutch goals. Um the uh the little uh the Jeff Skinner incident was kind of was kind of interesting. I don't know what your thoughts were on there. I don't know if you ha- have any thoughts. Like I know people were like mad at Larkin for just leaving Yoki Haru wide open and going to approach Skinner. I don't know if you um, have a thought on that. Maybe thought there was gonna be a penalty on the play. I mean, because I mean, there should have been hundred percent. Granted, yes, it's not the smartest idea to leave a play before you hear a whistle, but I could see obviously, like it should have been a penalty. My thought, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a penalty, and something probably should have been called, and you could have avoided the whole thing. But um, and also it wouldn't have been a goal, which would have been nice. But the sense for Larkin, it's a meaningless game, and you set a standard, being like, hey, we're not gonna accept. We're not going to accept this as like you taking advantage of a young player. And oh well, we got scored on. It's not a game that mattered. Yeah. So actually, they got eliminated that game. The Red Wings did officially, mathematically. So um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I know people were really upset about. It. I'm like, why? Yeah. Weird. 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 Um. Yeah, but again, this kind of started like a started a bad stretch. Uh in goal for Huso, And I guess my question for you is, because again, the Red Wings would go on to lose 5-1 against Pittsburgh and then 6-1 versus Dallas. Do you think the Red Wings should have even brought back Huso this year? Man, that's a tough one. So my thought is it, it like throughout the whole process of these last couple of games, it's it, Lalone made it very clear that they're just trying to get Huso comfortable and see where, where he's at injury wise. And see how he reacts back. My personal thought is like they should have just played it safe. The games don't matter. Why risk for further injury? Just let them let them rest. Maybe they wanted to see more on what they want to add next to him next year. Maybe that's part of the reason. Um, Maybe, but that's a tough one. That's I think that's a little too bright for me to decide. I never know with goalies, so I never really have an opinion. Goals but are weird, man. They are weird. Um especially this like, season. Like I don't it's tough to blame him for more than like I mean the Dallas game was just weird. Yeah, the besides like the Lindell goal. That was a bad yeah, one. Yeah, the you other two were tappins, but the Lindell yeah. one was like really bad. Yep. And then, yep. I mean, like, when Halbert came in, too, there were, like, some weird deflections going on. Yeah, I stopped. I mean, I oh, full disclosure, I stopped watching after that point because uh, it was my birthday and I didn't need that. And lo and behold, I was right. Yeah, so you, did, you didn't need that. I didn't need it in my life. I was, I was, I, I was having a good day. It was not my birthday, so I had to watch. Yeah, yeah, for the podcast, you had to watch it for content reasons. Yeah. So, yes, tough one. But, hey, probably Perron scored, made it 6-1, so. Yeah, that was a nice shot. It was a nice shot. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, Huso, it's it's so yeah. tough because again, people love like I, I'm looking forward to the summer discourse when there's nothing going on. It's August. Everyone's like, wow, Billy Huso had an 896 last year. He's awful. You know what I mean? Without like looking at the full scope. Yeah, well, that's just talk. No one it is just know. talk. No, exactly. And I, I'm not judging it off of that. I think purely on injury, it almost seems like they've made the decision on the two guys behind him that like they don't care about seeing them play out the season. And they think it's more valuable to watch Huso and see how he reacts to see if he does need surgery. 
Maybe that's my little me talking through it. That makes the most sense to me. Maybe. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's funny that Nadelkovic started the year and now he's like only one point off of Huso's save percentage. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, definitely. It's a little funny for sure. Um, but yeah, and we'll, I think we'll have a further conversation. I think next episode we're going to do kind of a, a season recap, kind of go through players um, and then some stuff to watch in the like biggest questions heading into the offseason. And I would say a goalie, and we can elaborate on more like options and stuff like that, a goalie to play either with in tandem with Huso or a guy who can take up at least 30 games. Yeah. I think that's a big question. And again, I don't want to spoil it, but again, a little food for thought. I think that will be a main talking point in the next episode. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) there's not much to like take from for the last three games here. I mean, scored three goals across three games. Definitely not a positive. Um, That Pittsburgh game too. It sucks. I know, I know like, one of the last home games, actually, the Dallas game was the last home game. Fan appreciation night, and I don't, I don't know. I didn't feel real appreciated. I did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if we win the lottery or get a lottery pick, I will feel really appreciated. It's just tough. I, thank, I hate. Thank you, I hate, Dallas. I hate looking at it like this. And I, I think um, I recommend anyone. Um, if you're not subscribed to the Athletic. Uh, sign up just for Max Baldwin. He wrote a really good piece today about um, how the Red Wings can't let this happen again next year and be in this position and how fans feel conflicted on what to root for at this time of the year, whether you're rooting for win- like wins and team progress or straight up other, you know, looking at other scoreboards more than your own. Mine's like, I mean, as a fan, obviously you want the team to win, but it's almost like a little bit of both for me. If they lose, like, I don't really care right now. Like, when... Yeah, right now. And I don't want to be in that position. I don't love Obviously. that I feel this way. I, 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 still, I still get a little bit, like, annoyed if they lose. But it's not like I can, if, like, during the game, if they're losing 3-0, to zero, I can be like, okay, well, we were already eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> Here's our yeah. draft odds. Yeah, and those are ever so changing. Uh, it it is confirmed they will be within Bedard range. They yeah. cannot drop out of it, which is good. But also, it's just like they can't get any lower than eighth though either. So it kind of depends on how Vancouver does their last game. Detroit, how they obviously how they do. Washington, I think the other team would be St. Louis. I believe. Yeah, St. Louis is currently tied with the Stars right now. Oh, okay. What's the yeah. Islanders game? Uh, three to one Habs. No, just kidding. It's two one Isles. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. How can my host up like that? Actually, Obviously, Jacob Verona just scored a tie the game for St. Louis. Wow. Bob's continue to be good. Yeah. Um. No. Uh. I I thought that article was very good. It settled. It it. Max did a great job of uh almost writing out my thoughts because I feel very similar. To where the Red Wings are and how they need to keep moving off. Move, even though you sold off key players, you need to take another step forward next year. It's important not to end up in a, a middling state where you're kind of like not even on the bubble for playoffs. You're on the bubble of lottery odds because you're never you're not going to have good odds. Like, regardless of what happens this year, you're not going to have good as good of these odds ever again. Hopefully. Yeah. Unless you're well, selling off major pieces. Exactly. Like the thing is, is too, I mean, 
you're going to be picking either anywhere from 8th to 11th, which is which is really good. That's prime, especially this year, yeah. this draft. It's a really, mm-hmm. really good start. I mean, I think it's based on basically need St. Louis and Vancouver are both out of the Red Wings right now uh, with points for – but the Red Wings would have to lose their last game of the season to stay that way, unless St. Louis and Vancouver can each get another win. And then in order to get jumped by Washington, Washington would have to beat New Jersey, and Detroit would have to lose to Tampa. The thing is with that, um, New Jersey has a chance to win the Metro and play probably the Islanders rather than finishing second in the Metro and playing the Rangers. <laughs> So you bet better you would think that yeah. they they that's a probable win for New Jersey. Um, if I'm New Jersey in that situation, I'm hoping if I do win, I'm hoping that Pittsburgh somehow ends up in that spot. The Islanders blow it, which again, obviously, when this episode releases, we'll know more. But yeah, that is ideal scenario for them. <laughs> Jeez, you're saying yeah. to play. You're saying for them to play against Pittsburgh? Yeah, if they finish first in the the metro. Oh, the... the thing is, they run Pittsburgh show this year, like bad. Yeah. Actually, never mind. They would be playing the first wild card. They'd be playing Florida. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm an idiot. I messed up too. No, I didn't catch it till now. Yeah, they'd be playing Florida, which actually for New Jersey, I like that matchup. Yeah, personally. I do a lot too. better than the Rangers. Uh, yeah, I think my least favorite matchup is if Barzell was coming back, and then you have Sorokin too. That's a tough one. That's what I was thinking. I, I like in terms of the wild card teams, that's definitely the most dangerous. Yeah, just because you can get goalied for four games. Yeah, definitely. But no, uh, yeah the the bottom of the league rankings are definitely it's uh it's exciting. I agree. Like I, many people have been uh, calling, like May eighth will be the like the second biggest night of the summer or the, for the next couple of months anyway of the hockey season. Yeah. Other than the awarding the Stanley Cup, because yeah. uh, Connor Bedard is a franchise changer, and Adam Fantilli's not that far behind. Adam just Fantilli be- is gross. Just won the Hobie. Uh, third guy to do it in his freshman year since, uh, other than Paul Korea and Jack Eichel. And Leo Carlson's not bad either. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. His just, SHL numbers. I was going to pull him up too. I, I forgot. I didn't just, do it. Just third all time. For draft eligible players in the postseason behind the Sedin twins. Yeah, they're they're okay, I've heard. Yeah. He's, he's big too. He's like six four. He's a big boy. He's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> and a four, yeah. Any other year too. Like you look at Fantilli, you look at Carlson, like both decent options. Like you're like, all right, I could see them both like being number one guys on another couple of years, like other years, right? It's the same with Mitchkov. Like Yeah. All four of those guys could have been like first overall picks any given year. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And well, obviously, like more so like heading into the draft, we're gonna us two are gonna buckle down, get our uh prospect stuff in order, get a little more info on them, probably have an interview or two, and then obviously the return of the, the mock draft. We gotta have the mock draft back. Yeah, I think we should do a full first round mock. Yeah, just all chaos. I'm I'm game. Be good YouTube content, that's for sure. Yeah. That'd be very fun YouTube content with those with those two, um, but yeah, I think that's uh kind of wrapped up on the the Red Wings. 
Uh, I think we can move into a couple of the prospects. Um, actually, no, 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 I forgot to I forgot to mention uh, Robbie Fabry, Masterton nominee. Very deserving. Very deserving. I can't think of again. Like I don't know the other nominees around the league, but I feel like he's got a. Again, I know it's like a. I know that Jamie Ben for uh, Dallas. That's the only one I know. I was gonna make a joke, but I will not do it. Um. Anywho, yeah, yeah I'll I'll stick away. I don't, I don't know who I don't know who else. I think it was um. I the Bruins. I forget who the Bruins guy was. I thought I literally just saw it. I don't it was Lee Stempniak. Ooh, Bradjana. That's right. Good point. Tim Thomas. Good point. Um, but yeah, I think these. Uh, again, the dude can't catch a break, and he like he comes back. He works hard. He scores goals too. Like he's always on a twenty goal pace, which on this team is very much welcome. But yeah, happy for him and congrats. And uh, you can never doubt that guy's work ethic. That's the biggest nope. thing about Robbie Fabry, and he finds nope. ways to produce. I feel weird like saying like I wish him the lo- best luck of winning this trophy that's awarded to people who've went through hard shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yeah, for sure. Good luck getting judged on whose whose life was harder for like a year. Yeah. A weird uh, and again, I I like I like the award for sure. It's just like in terms of like rooting or whatever wanting your guy to win it. It's a weird Yeah, it's thing. just basically like battling through adversity. Yeah, and I think it's very much a very much important thing for sure. I think that's a better way to put it than whose life sucks the most and they had to fight. I think we should call it the battle battling it of adversity trophy rather than whose life sucks. <laughs> yeah, I I yeah, you phrased it better. Sorry. <laughs> a little bit half glass half empty today. What can I yeah, say? Yeah, you are. Usually I had to watch some, I had to, I've had to watch the Red Wings for the past week. Usually that's my job. It is usually usually it is your job. So I mean, good for you, changing the yeah. keeping everyone on their toes, the listeners. Um, I think we get into a little bit uh, into some prospect talk for sure. Um, I want to start with Carter Mazer, a guy who I was kind of banging the drum for a little bit to get him into Detroit by the end of the year, but smartly they gave him the ATO. You get him three years now ELC, and this year doesn't burn it. Um, six uh, six points in six games in the HL, three Decent. goals. He continues to score in different ways, which is what I love about him. What are your thoughts? I know you watched a little bit of one, I, I, at least one of the games you watched. I know that. I've watched a couple of them. Um, I did did notice that I think he got hurt the last game he was playing in because he did really? come back. He missed like part of the end of the first period I think and then I didn't see him at all in the second period and then I tuned out for the third but I haven't seen anything about an injury but he didn't play in the second period okay he has a nose for the net heavily and he puts himself in really good spots he's also very good at protecting the puck like using his body Similarly to the way Perron does, not obviously not as good at doing it because there's not many people that are Crosby. <laughs> yeah, right. come to my head right now. I think yeah. Um, but Mazer is he's gonna be a good one. Very much a late later round 
Um, I'm not going to say the S word, but later round find, we'll call it right now. Yes. Potential find. But no, he's been very productive. I, the thing that stands out to me is his skating. Like, I didn't think he was that, like, he actually skates very well. Skating and hands. Yeah, those are the two things I think we overlooked a little bit. Like, we're always like, oh, cool, he's a net front guy, works hard, plays a little physical, has some edge, probably be a third liner. With his skill set, like, I think he could be more than that. He could be a guy who can play up and down the lineup a little bit. Like, you're not, like, ideally you're not playing him in a first-line role, but, like, in terms of, like, if he complimented the right guys, I could see it. Who knows what his ceiling is, right? Right. I mean, there's a lot there. Yeah. I'm very excited to see what the rest holds for him. Two more games left. But uh, no, I've I'm happy. And I I think, again, I think he's a sneaky guy for Detroit on a training camp. Yeah. Like, depending on what moves are made and whatnot. Like, I know the last game he played in that I said that he missed part of the game. I think it was like a minute into the first period or something like that. He's like stopped up in the ozone right when he crossed the blue line and just threaded a, a threaded the needle to like new power. And new power actually made a really nice shot. But just like little things like that. Well, I know Lalone uh he got asked a question about it in one of his press co- press conferences and he spent a lot of time talking about him how much he like was talking about how Simon was praising him for being a young guy and having all the right pro habits. In yeah. terms of stopping on the net for rebounds, which again goes into the net front thing. It's important. A lot of young guys will just kind of shoot and float off the corner. Myself and like myself when I played, I was terrible at stopping the net. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's it it's it's something so simple, but yet like not all players do it, and so therefore players who do do it get rewarded. So definitely a, a guy. I think it's a guy to watch, and, and considering also his defensive responsibility as well. He's not all offense. Nope. Very responsible winger. So. Guy to watch. Um, the other guy to watch, Amadeus Lombardi. I think he's a, a guy that we've kind of been slowly, the stock's been rising all season. Um, quickly becoming one of the, the more fun names in the Detroit prospect pool. He's fun. Yeah. Really, really fun. I think I sent I sent a text I sent a text to you guys in the chat. I said uh if he if he hits, dot dot dot. Like, come on. I know. Uh, I watched a couple of the Flint versus Saginaw games. And yeah, he was the best player on the ice. And it was almost like as if Saginaw's whole idea was to shut down Lombardi and then we'll win. Yeah. But I mean, like, like Flint has other pieces that are like, Pretty decent too. I mean, um, the defenseman, Jets prospect, the Russian kid, can't think of his name. Um, and then, same either. Oh my gosh, there's a couple. And then well, I know they traded Othman, so that's what, like the first guy I think of. But yeah, and Lombardi was arguably better than Othman when they were on the team together. Uh, like Lombardi's speed and hands combined, like off the rush. Is ridiculous. It's unpackaging like defensive zone responsibilities is like biggest thing. But I noticed heavily like if he caught speed from his D zone from his own D zone, like 
Flint thought or like Saginaw thought they were in trouble right away. Like they had such a hard time handling his speed and hands. Like uh it was bad. I mean, he scored a couple breakaway goals that were really nice. And then he's like he'll get choked up like in in the own in his own or like in the ozone on the attack and then he'll just the puck will end up right back on his stick and then he'll make a really nice play like he's he's so talented his talent is elite it's unpackaging the other stuff and his compete is really good too for like the kind of player he is he competes really hard so i thought like i don't know if you saw this the ohl coaches poll yes I did. I thought that was very interesting. It was very interesting. So anyone who didn't see it, uh, Scott Wheeler ended up tweeting it out from the athletic, um, the OHL coaches poll. So they pulled from all the coaches from the OHL and they split it up from East conference to the West. Um, so Amadeus Lombardi plays in the West. Uh, he was voted smartest player in the West. And just for comparison, uh, Shane Wright played in the West all year. Very interesting. Um, very he also was voted the second best playmaker and second best stick handler. And is, I would be very is, curious to see because there's only a top three for each of them. I would be curious to see where he ranked in skating. If he was like a five or something. His skating's nuts. That's I know. I, that's, that surprised me actually. The fact that he can package together his skating along with his hands is crazy. Because I mean you look you look at it's it's a that's an elite trait because, I mean, you look at all the elite, elite players in the NHL, like McDavid, McKinnon, those guys do it. They do it. And like you look at Larkin and even his hands aren't elite. No, he doesn't have elite hands. He has elite speed. Elite, elite, elite speeds. His his hands are like fine. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, they're they're good when they need to be good. His, his shot has gotten really good. Yeah, like, the shot's good. Lo- Lombardi's hands packaged with his speed. Like obviously we'll see how that translates to the pro game. Um, but man, there's a lot to be excited about with that kid. Like I was at the edge of my seat, like watching these games because I was having so much fun watching him play. Yeah, he played all the minutes too. He was playing. He was playing all the time. He was he was easily Flint's most important player. I, I think my favorite part about watching it too was seeing how they really keyed in on him and how he did while being keyed in. I think he had like. It went. It was a best of seven. I think I watched bits and pieces of four games. I think, and how well he did while being like the main focus. Um, I think he had eight points in seven games. I think five of them were goals. I think it was seven. It was seven and seven. I think seven and seven. I think five. Yeah, five five goals, two assists. Yeah, yeah. And not to mention those are some highlight real goals. <laughs> The both of them in game seven were like highlight reel. Yeah, not to mention, yeah, they, they he scored two of them in the biggest game. Yes. And it was not his fault they lost. He tried his damnedest, like yes. him and his team. And like, I'm not, not saying it's Connor Bedard effort in the seven game series that they lost, but it was it was a good effort. It was a good effort, yes. Yeah, not Connor Bedard scoring twenty points in seven games. <laughs> no, not that. But and losing yes. <laughs> and losing still. Yeah, him and Stanislav Sposal did their damnedest to carry Regina. But uh, no, yeah, um, Amadeus Lombardi, again, he finishes his regular season, 67 games, 102 points. 
which uh, I believe that ranked yeah third in the OHL. Um, forty five of those being goals, and then yeah. in the playoffs, yeah, five plus two. So again, very exciting and well deserved. He gets called up for the last two games of the Griffin season. Big and someone looked it up as well. He's eligible for playoffs in Toledo. That'll be interesting too if they send him down. I'm curious to see if they do. I know, like, I don't know how they, but imagine like him and Kosa and Toledo's play. And Toledo's already a sick team. And I'm sure Tutaya will probably go back down. Tutaya would definitely go back down. Um, I don't remember. I thought there was maybe another. Bliss maybe. Bliss would definitely go back down. But no, I would. uh, I would start watching some ECHL games. That's for sure. Toledo would be a must-watch team. Yeah. But no, I'm uh, very excited, and I'm excited for prospect camp. Hey, man, Mazer being added to that team, Wallinder and Casper. You know what I mean? That's a fun group. Yeah. A fun group. And you'll see, I know Mickey Redmond was very uh, <laughs> pumping the tires in the broadcast last night about Lombardi pushing for a spot in Detroit. I mean, hell, I'd love, to, I'd love him to be right. I'd <laughs> love that, him to be right. Wouldn't that be something? Yes, that would be something. I would be hey second line center. There we go. There you go. There we go. We got that solved. Um, let's kind of move off. Uh, kind of the big. Oh, also we should add Kosa ECHL goalie of the month. Decent, pretty cool. Decent, decent. His numbers. It was his number since like November, I think it is. Like he had like an eight eight nine, and and then after that, now he's like a nine thirty. Not bad. Not bad. He's settling in just fine. Um, and also, uh, keeping on the minor league stuff, Brian Lashoff announces his retirement. And I think, uh, it's kind of underrated how big of a piece he's been to the Detroit organization in terms of being in Grand Rapids for so long, mentoring guys like that. I know most cider like looked up to him big time when he was down in Grand Rapids. Um, and he also like played like, like he was an undrafted guy came up in 2013 when the Red Wings had a ton of injuries losing Kendall Erickson. I'm pretty sure that year. And he came in and he was, I remember, I remember being like kind of excited about him and he was pretty solid. Like he gave good games. So I think in terms of a pro career, 14 year pro career, I mean, hats off to him. Yeah. That's a, I mean, he squeezed out like almost NHL games almost every year too. I mean, yeah. He was kind of that guy whenever they needed a guy, you just get called right up. I know he's not on the same level as he used to be, but he was a fringe NHLer for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think he played 140, 135 career games, something like that. Um, and I, uh, like you said, a lot of those guys really look up to him. Like even like like a guy, even like young forwards that like Bergeron, who's playing the NHL now. Like all those guys really liked him. Yeah, and I saw a bunch of the guys like repost stuff about him yeah. um, being done. So that's, I think that's super cool. Personally. It is cool. Pretty um, cool that he got to spend his whole career in the same spot, too. Yeah, usually guys who are eight career AHLers have to bounce around every year. So that's that's pretty nuts. Yeah. And he probably made a good pen like good living in Grand Rapids, which is a really great city. So honestly, good for that guy. Hats off. Yeah. Hats off to that guy. Um let's kind of take a look around the league to kind of finish up here. Um I kind of alluded to it with the Eastern Conference wildcard race, but uh yeah, Pittsburgh, are you serious? Are you kidding? I had one job and it would have made me 20 bucks my my gambling endeavors. 
and they lose to the freaking Chicago Blackhawks and Peter Morazic. What a joke. They are an absolute mess right now. Any other situation, I'd be fist pumping the demise of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm cheering. I'm hooting and hollering. But of course, this is the year it affects Red, like a Red Wings draft pick. And we needed them to, to win. Yeah, I was cheering for them. Unfortunately. I love them. There was a meme going around. There was like this Penguins fan that tweeted, you are sick if you enjoy the, the Penguins downfall. Yeah, what? And, and everyone quote tweeting it with like the Kevin Durant meme of him like in the hospital bed and all that stuff. I thought that was hilarious. Like all the yeah. replies. That's funny. Because any top team in the NHL forever, everyone's waiting for you to fall off. That's how it goes. Uh, that team's yeah. That team has everything wrong with it, and it's not like I know some people have compared it like oh they shouldn't have re-signed Malkin, Cross, or uh, Latang and all that. They've been their best players. That is not the issue. The issue is everything else around it. Well, uh, yes and no. I'm so opinionated on like what they've done and what they should have done. Like I mean. Malkin and Latang just are not the same at all anymore. And their bottom, like, granted, their bottom six is not good at all. Mikhail Granlund is an absolute abysmal. Was it yeah. was an abysmal move? That's what like, I'm saying. And and also they were going to trade. Um, arguably they're like their best story up front with Jason Zucker bouncing back. They're going to trade him in a JT Miller trade that would have also given up two first round picks. Granted, Jason Zucker, like, did score on his own net last night. So. Sure, but he also has 20, like 27, 28 goals this year, actually. Yes, from... but on the brink of playoffs, you decide to let AA walk right around you and then score on your own net. He's a core piece. What can I say? True. That's core first piece. line, Andreas Athanasio. Thank you very much. First line center. You need, you need to clarify, my friend. No, that's Jonathan Tays now. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Yes. Um, But no. It, <laughs> I'm very curious to see what they do in the offseason. And obviously, like part of me kind of hopes they don't fire Hextall right away because I kind of want to see what he does. Yeah, I want to see some stuff. Yeah, like go on, like, call up Vancouver, get the JT Miller, baby. Let's get that rolling. Let's let's get rid of this first round pick. Oh, yeah, we don't need that. Don't need yeah. that. P.O. P- P- Joseph, like a guy who has some potential, ah, send him away. Yeah. Owen Pickering, yeah, we don't like him. Yeah, we gave him his his year, and he's done. He hasn't developed. <laughs> he's not even play, he hasn't even played in the NHL yet. Yeah, <laughs> what a bum. Smell ya. Oh, but yeah, I know it's it's a weird year because again they had goaltending issues in terms of like injury, and then relying on Casey DeSmith to be a reliable starter. Yeah, and then half the time, like when Jari's played, it looks like he's still unhealthy. Like he looks terrible. Yeah, I love Jari though. I love him as a goalie. I do. I think he's good. I don't think he's like, yeah, he definitely hasn't been it this year, but I do think he's a good goalie. But yeah, a weird, and they, I mean, the Islanders lose then, um, which they're not, they're playing Montreal. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm I'm fairly confident that they can lock it down and beat Montreal, so therefore Pittsburgh's going to miss. I hope they and, lose. Huh? I hope they lose. I mean, I hope they do. Sure. Sorry, Ryan Fugue. 3-2 but... two, uh, two Habs. <laughs> Let's go. Come back. Let's go. Um, but yeah, Pittsburgh, what a weird, and then we got Pittsburgh West, which is the Calgary Flames. I, I, I wouldn't do that to Calgary. Oh, come on. 
Pittsburgh's way more of a mess. No, Pittsburgh's no. They're way more of a mess in terms of like what like their roster consists of. I do I think what Calgary has done is bad? Yes, they are an abysmal team. But I think just the way Pittsburgh is structured and all the moves they made have been way worse. I do I think Calgary's up there. They're pretty close to contending with that. With their moves? Not as much of their moves, I don't think, but like in terms of their dysfunction. They're just dysfunction. They're a dysfunctional hockey team. They're they're not trading for Mikhail Granlund, the corpse of Mikhail Granlund at the deadline, expecting them to make a run and expecting him to be the key piece. No, but they did trade for shootout specialist Nick Ritchie, who they used over all of their good players and then ended up losing in a shootout. He was hot. Let the man cook. <laughs> uh, I love the arguments. It's like, well, he, he did score on Sorrows at one point this year in the shootout. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess someone had to shoot for Arizona. But no, Rasmus Anderson being two for four in the shootout, let's not use him. I I don't know. The, like, I look at shootouts, like, I think they're so weird. Like, they're, oh, I hate shootouts. I hate them. There's, what if, like, Nick Ritchie's just torching it at practice, right? That's what I, I heard the report is, is, like, he was cooking in practice. That's why they had him in the shootout lineup. Exactly. <laughs> like, what, like, I know. But the, the, I think a huge asterisk should be, like, okay, he's shooting on Dan Vladar and, and Jacob Markstrom, who both have been criminally, like, awful this year. Uh, like, Tyler Toffoli, like, let's say he was really bad, like, at shootouts. He was year. bad. I think yeah. his record's, like, two for, like, 30 in his career. So that's why he didn't go. Like, I mean... You're throwing Ka- Nick- I, don't, I don't know if Kadri went. Kadri's great. I think Kadri's skilled. I, I'd assume he went. I'd assume Kadri. I think it was Kadri. And it must have been Kadri and Huberdo. And I think it was like they were deciding on the last guy. And it was Nick Ritchie. <laughs> I don't see a problem with that. <laughs> Shut up. But like Shut- the other night. I would throw Troy Stetcher in a shootout before Nick Ritchie. The other night it was Buffalo versus the Rangers. Buffalo throws an Owen Power third. Dude, that shot was nasty. That shot was nasty, but I'm like, what? You have so many better options here. Yeah, did Jack Quinn go? That's all that matters because that dude's a money in the shootout. Wait, no, he went out fourth. Yeah. So it was like, it was... Thompson. No, it was Quinn, Thompson, and then um, Tuck. Okay. Probably like Skinner wouldn't be in there. Like Skinner. Skinner. Darlene even. Middlestat. Yeah, middle stats been good. Um but I mean Owen Power fourth kind of took me by surprise. But yeah, he he picked his spot. That was sick. Yeah, that was really nice. But I mean maybe he's money again, maybe it's a guess it was your point of being exactly. money in the shootout in practice. Maybe he's the Nick Ritchie of the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want on our first overall pick, Nick Ritchie. <laughs> they drafted him because they thought he was gonna turn out to be a forward. Yeah, actually, well, we should. I, I'm I'm only half kidding. Nick Ritchie was a top ten pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, boy, Carson Gates know. hearing this, he's he's clo- like he's in a corner, huddled up, about to throw up. Oh, <laughs> uh, having flashbacks to every other draft prior. You know what? Alex Nylander is the truth. Oh, he is the truth. He scored against the Red Wings. <laughs> he did score against the Red Wings in the Pittsburgh Penguin uniform. That's right. Then uh, he. He was part of the Penguins team that actually lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's coming up big for the Red Wings recently. Shoot. I don't think 
I don't think the Red Wings are getting two top 16 picks. It's 3-1 now. Are they called it back? What? You said it was 3-2. I was joking. Oh, okay. Fine. I was saying 3-2 Montreal. I was joking. It's oh, okay. I see. 3-1 I Isles. See. I thought Brock, you were saying it was... And Brock Nelson has a really quiet 36 goals this year. He's the quietest 30-goal scorer, like, always. Like, last year, too, he, I think he was flirting with 30 goals, I believe. Yeah, Very efficient miss, player. He missed time last year, too. No, he's he had almost player. 40. He had 37 and 72. <laughs> That's dumb. Yeah. No one else can score, but he can, I guess. Yeah. And he doesn't have Barzell with him right now. It's true. It's true. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I know, like, the playoffs are, like, it's they're a weird spot right now, like, in terms of not really knowing matchups, like things could go different directions. Um, but obviously Toronto Tampa, like that's a weird series right now, too, to considering where injuries are at. Like, is this year you think Toronto gets past them? Yeah. Hundred percent. I would say I agree. Tampa Bay just struggled without against them without Matthews and Marner. <laughs> and Joseph Wollinet. And Joseph Wollinet. I don't know. You know what I'm excited about? Is Matt Matt Nyes is signed and I don't think he keep hearing about how he's the best prospect in the NHL. That's, That's what true. I'm excited about. He did look good the other night though, against Tampa. Did look good, but also it's just like every like again, I know like Canadian Canadian per, media personalities are they dominate hockey talk because there's less than them. Well, everywhere. I mean, like you hear more about Matt Nyes than you do Logan Cooley. That's what I'm that's my they're point. on the same exact team. And Logan Cooley's ten times better. Carter Mazer put up similar points. Yes. In an equally good division. Yep. It's again without it's, without Logan Cooley. <laughs> without Logan Cooley. So it's just like, okay, like we can dance around this all day. I don't know. He's a great prospect. I, I don't I'm not trying to like say that he isn't, but like that's big time player he, of the year. Put some respect on it. I don't know how, but it should be Logan Cooley. Should be Adam Fantilli. <laughs> oh, I, I forget that he's Big Ten, and that, or Logan like Logan Cooley's numbers were disgusting too. Yeah, it's crazy, but sure. Yeah, the the big boy who put up just at a point per game, not like the 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 freshman who. And to be fair, like that's really good. No, it is. I'm not again. I'm not trying to sound super negative about the guy because I do think he's a good prospect, but like I think he's a middle six winger, and we're talking about him as if he's like all right, slam. Dunk first line player. Let's go. I th- I think he could fizzle top six. I think his potential sure. is top six. Sure. No, I think so too. I think it's a fair potential. But in the sense of like likely where he's going to finish up, I think he's a middle six winger. We're playing likely odds. Yeah. Obviously, it's a like small sample size in the NHL, but from what I've seen, I've really liked his game. But maybe I maybe this gets aged poorly, and I get I get on. Uh, Old takes exposed. Maybe. Hopefully. I'm pretty cool. That's all right. I said Huso would be a top 10 goalie in the NHL is my bowl prediction this year. So feeling good about that one. That one could have went well if things, if he had a competent backup at the start that of the season. True. So he wasn't playing that much. Yeah. If he played, you know, like 20 less games. Yeah. Been, I'm a cool. But yeah. Um, other than that, like, there's really like, the wild card races got ended up being weird in the sense of like like all teams just started losing. Like there's like nobody really wanted besides Florida, and on the back of Alex Lyon. True. Which uh, unlikely uh, candidate there? 
terms of goal, you would have thought, eh, maybe Spencer Knight takes over, which again, obviously like he's in, um, he's in the player assistance program. So I hope he's doing well. So that's not fair to like, I'm not throwing him in the, like under the bus and being a bad goal. I'm just saying for a fact, you would think it's Hammer Borowski, one of those guys taking the reins, but instead it's Alex Lyon, who's an unlikely candidate, but he's, he's been, good. been, he's been great. Yeah. Good for him. 30 year old guy. Who's been a minor league guy. Most of the time he won. He did win the AHL uh, championship last year though, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So that is a fun story. Uh, anything else? Yeah, Dad. Not a whole lot. No. I wish we were doing. I, like it's gonna be unfortunate. Our timing's probably gonna be off a little bit. Where like the days of the playoffs starts, we can't like do. We could do like a bracket or something. Oh yeah. Also, uh, I don't know if you saw, but Halifax. Over oh, the queue. They, they swept their series already. Oh, yeah, against do set in his team. Cape Breton. Yeah, do sets nuts. He had ten points in four games, <laughs> five five and five. <laughs> He's another interesting guy to watch. I don't know, like again, free agents also being twenty one, or he's twenty, whatever. I don't know. It's a weird thing to kind of judge on where he's at, but hey, it's another it's another guy to throw in there and see how he does. AHL guy next year likely. See how he does. Maybe he puts up big numbers again. Yanni Gord was a free agent signing out of the queue for Steve Eisman. It's gonna be a heck of a fun AHL team next year. Damn right. We were saying the same thing about it this year. Ended up not being as fun. So, uh, yeah, hopefully hey, hopefully we're right next year. True. There's going to be a lot more youth next year, like up front, though, comparatively to the back end. Yeah, I believe granted, so. Granted, the back end was really fun to watch this year. So, I mean. Still got guys but, like uh, Zarnik and Hiroshi on, on, under contract, too, which is which is good. Really good. Two, two really good guys to have. Um, yeah, I'm not, obviously, I'm not, I'm not kidding about that. That's, that's awesome. And Tom Shine will obviously be back because that dude, that dude's never not leaving. Yeah. Enemy legend. But yeah, full, I think it's good. Do- I think it's good to do for this one. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, hopefully getting back on more of a regular schedule for the time being. We'll see how playoffs go and stuff like that. We might be going to every other week. Um, but yeah, be sure to check us out. Um, support our partners in this inside the rink.com. Uh, sign up with ESPN plus uh, inside the rink.com slash ESPN uh subscribe on apple uh and then yeah uh we're gonna start i think we're gonna start being a little more active on youtube i'm not sure if this one's gonna be our first one up in a while but in the near future we'll start doing that a little more so yeah also twitter at tbl pod thank you everyone for listening